Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast, where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs as we sit down for coffee each week. Learn just what it takes to be a business owner, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. And be sure to stay till the end to learn about the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network and how it can help you grow your business. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. So I have two businesses. I have Tangible Goods e-commerce, Who's That Housewife, which is uh, I launched almost a year ago. Nice. Um, being a tangible goods business, uh, it took a lot longer, uh, you know, because <laughs> I'm used, uh, most recently, uh, my PR experience has been in entertainment. And so it's like, we can make anything in 24 hours. Sure. And uh, when it comes to uh, building a product, even one that, you know, everything uh, for Who's That Housewife is made in the United States, it takes time right yeah. like with uh you know manufacturing and also just trying to um navigate supply chain management when you are uh an entrepreneur it yeah procurement takes a lot of time and you know making sure everything works and so uh getting that out and now everything is in um a pretty manageable state in terms nice. of having vendors um being uh, you know, in various places online. And yeah. so that business, knock on wood, can sort of run, <laughs> it runs itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, which led me to where I currently am, uh, which is helping entrepreneurs and uh, creative small business owners uh, figure out PR for themselves. Because I realized as I dove into entrepreneurship full time and I was learning about email marketing uh, and all, you know, all these things that I sort of knew, right? Yep. Because, you know, PR, we have to be an expert at so many things within that realm and they worked hand in hand, but I wasn't the one actually doing the campaigns, right? right. Like I, I worked with people in SEO, but I wasn't, you know, having to deep dive into like, what's the long tail keyword you know, right. <laughs> that we're using for this blog post yep. yeah, or building websites and everything like that. And so uh, as I, you know, dove in head first and I just realized that no one was talking about PR and when uh, it did get brought up with like very, very highly esteemed, you know, business coaches, marketing experts, etc., it was always more of a footnote. Yeah. And that, oh, that's really expensive. Or um, if you can get someone else to pay for it, like your book publisher, your brand partner, whoever, um, or, you know, that's something that you just wait until either there's a crisis or you're a upper six figure, you know, company. And instead we're gonna talk about Facebook ads. Right. At least that was my experience. Yeah, no, it sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> So, and, and that's so funny to me because I, you know, PR was the only way I knew how to generate sales when I launched Choose That Housewife because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have an email list. I didn't have any money to put towards paid advertising, nor did I know how to really operate it. And the one time I did try it back in the day, I felt like I was just lighting money on fire. And yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the social following. And even though my background was in PR, I didn't have any PR contacts 
in you know this area and i didn't have any experience as a game you know making tangible goods entrepreneur um and i bootstrapped everything so it's not like i could you know lean on my vc firm or something you know investors okay. yeah. yeah you know something like that and so i knew firsthand how pr propelled my business forward and i just thought well you know, when you're talking to entrepreneurs in whatever phase of their journey, um, like why why wouldn't you have them do PR? Because it doesn't cost anything, you know, to do it. You really don't have anything, you know, to lose. In all my years, no one's ever written back, like in all caps, this is a horrible pitch. Why would you ever send this to me? <laughs> right? Um, and, and it's something that, you know, can really differentiate, you know, yourself because you can always be outspent, right? Like your competitors, big, whoever they are, you know, will always do that. And now they say, I think it's like 33 touch points that a, a customer or a person really has to have with your brand before, uh, you know, it starts to sink in or they really start to trust you. And so, uh, you know, PR, it would at least cut down on the amount that you're um, spending right. on Facebook or in other places. And then, you know, there's that built-in, uh, you know, trust and authority and credibility sort of halo effect that, you know, you get from it. And unlike an ad campaign, it, it lives forever, right? Like once it's out there, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Right. So good or bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what, with PR, like we hear that term thrown around so much. What, what really, is PR, in your opinion, you know, what, what you do. Um, because I think that that's something that also can be intimidating for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those just starting out, because they're like, I keep hearing this term. And, and you know, I think a lot in business, we're just expected to know how to do things and how to, you know, we're expected to know what a website is because everyone should have a website. We're expected to know how to use Facebook because it's free and everyone's on Facebook, but it's, it's not it's like that's knowing it and actually doing it are two different things. And so I feel like PR is one of those terms that people hear all the time, but they don't really know what that means. Like you said, it, it, a lot of people will think, oh, I don't have the money for that. I don't have a budget for that because that's going to be too expensive. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that it, what's funny is that it's one of those terms that's used so much that nobody wants to actually admit that they don't know what it is. Right? So true. No, no. I mean, one thing that I, uh, you know, always joke about is that not everyone can spell PR, meaning that, <laughs> meaning that not everyone necessarily knows what it means or really, um, you know, understands it. And I think that's because it is so many things. It doesn't just have one singular, you know, definition. Yeah. You know, there's publicity, which I think is what most people's um, uh, definition of PR is, which is press of some sort. But, you know, what it really like goes back to is earning a relationship with an audience and how you communicate that strategically, you know, to your target audience and also like adding new ones. So broadening the reach of your brand. And that can be done through a lot of you know different ways. That can be done through publicity. That can be done through uh, you know speaking somewhere. That can be done um, 
through association, like a, a partnership, a charitable giving, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. And I think that, uh, you know, looking at what PR isn't, you know, PR isn't something that can be paid. It can't be bought and it is not a blatant sales pitch. Um, and it, it, it's not, you know, guaranteed. That's why it's earned media. I think that's why there's a little bit of um, probably resistance in, you know, around marketing, especially for entrepreneurs, because it's not something that you can just, you know, take a Facebook ads course yeah. and then call yourself one. There's nuances to it because you're working with people on the other end and uh, you're also working with the news cycle and so uh, you could have something that's really compelling but knowing you know how to position it you know who to go to there, there's just a lot of you know factors and it changes all the time so yeah. it's not like there's this formula that um, you know you can use but I think that public relations is something that everyone can benefit from you know no matter what stage um, your business is in and that, you know, looking at it as a part of your overall marketing um, strategy. It doesn't need to be something that's totally siloed or this huge laborious endeavor. I mean, sure, it can be. It can be a full-time job. But I think that, you know, like you said, as an entrepreneur, we have so many things that we have to learn and that we have to do. And so really, you know, having it done at a level that is manageable for you Yes. Um, you know, I'm sure like a professional content manager could say like, I should be putting out five pieces of content on all the platforms that I'm on. And like, that'd be great, but I can't do that right now. Yes. But I can do something, you know, and also tie it to what you're already doing. You know, like if you know that you're already going to be, if you have your blog posts planned out, then, you know, tie them to like what your PR pitches are. Or I, I think that especially as entrepreneurs, we're all pretty savvy. Yes. And so we know a lot more than we think we do. I think that there's just this like cloud or something. I'm not cloud necessarily, but you know. Well, it could be the, the tech cloud. Yes, yes, it <laughs> could be. We know how we are with tech. Like, you know, everyone, you know, we have those challenges with tech. I mean, even me being a techie. There's those things that come up and it's like, oh, I forgot. I still can run into errors and run into challenges myself. And it's like, I think that technology gets in the way a lot of the times as it's such a blessing to have. And there's so many great opportunities that it brings us. But at the end of the day, it still comes back to um, us coming up with that great idea and actually working through it with pen and paper because that's what we know and that's that's the least techie and then we can get into the tech part but what happens these days is um at least that i see with my clients is that a lot of people just jump from idea to tech and then they get held up so they don't have that natural flow and they're trying to figure out this complicated tech piece that they don't need to figure out because if they figured out the actual framework that they're trying to produce then they can invest in actually having someone quickly easily and affordably implement through the tech part yes yes no i i a hundred percent i think that a lot of the time um you know people will think okay well you know how how can i uh like how am i going to pitch this person or how am i going to reach this person or you know do i need to have a special flash page or 
you know, track my URLs or press releases I get asked yeah. about all the, all the time. And, uh, you know, especially, I mean, I would say, especially for someone who is, you know, just starting out and really want to like put their toes in the water, you don't need to worry about a press release. I mean, for yeah. the most part, they're pretty antiquated. And unless you're a publicly traded company, and you know that's like a necessary type thing like for shareholders but as far as like if you really want to you know get your story out there and your brand out there like a press release is not the way it's a container right yeah. just yeah. like on the tech side it's a container and as far as ask yeah. if that's still relevant because that that to me from back in the day i feel like <laughs> pr was press release like yes. that's all you had to worry about was creating this press release and, and you know with everything has changed since then and it's like is that even still relevant especially for you know the creative entrepreneur uh realm you know the coaches and the consultants and all of that yeah i mean no <laughs> no yeah no, no it's not i mean so I'll, I'll start by saying that it's not, that is not how you need to put out your, you know, put out your information. Yeah. Um, you know, today, uh, journalists, producers, speaking bookers, podcast hosts, whoever they are, for the most part, they're overworked and, you know, underpaid. And so think about thinking about how can you make their lives easier? A huge way to do that is to get to the point and to like be really you know, direct with what it is that you are offering them. And a press release is not the way, you know, to do that. I always say like, you don't want to give them the whole tree. You want to give them like an acorn, right? Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're reaching out. Um, and then, I mean, not to say like, yes, you should hyperlink to things like, like give them enough information so that they can make an informed decision about yeah. whether or not they want to move forward. Uh, this isn't like a, you know, an email sequence where you just right. want to, you know, do a cliffhanger. Yeah and everything like that. I, I think, side note, I think that's why for me, like writing emails and things in marketing speak has taken me, I think it's been uh, more of a learning curve because in PR, it's really about like being direct, still making it uh, interesting, but you know, telling things that hold weight and make an impact right. and not, you know, a bunch of fluff. And so when you're pitching someone or, you know, really doing any sort of PR messaging, you want to do that. And a lot of the times press releases are more like Mad Libs in terms of there's a headline, a subheadline, oh, you yeah. know, introducing this leading company has introduced the most innovative, da, da, da. It feels so stale. And yes, fair. yes, it is. And even if you want to try and be creative and do a press release and emojis, <laughs> I think it was, uh, an auto company did that a, a number of years ago or gifts or something like that. Right. Um, you know, you can, but that is not the way as far as like, if you're going to do outreach, please don't do a press release. Yeah. Um, I will say the, the time that it can be uh, useful to you, and this is more of the knowledge of knowing sure. how to do one, is when you are working with a bigger brand. Um, an example of that is that I have a, a client and he uh, manages a lot of influencer talent. And okay. one of um, one of his clients uh, does a lot with a big retailer and has a show uh, with them. It has to do with deals nice. and things. Yes, things like that. 
And, uh, you know, he will, obviously the, the, the huge, you know, retailer, they're not, their PR team isn't going to go and do outreach about this talent. Right. Um, but the talent, you know, would like to. And so what the retailer asked for was, okay, send us a press release to approve. Right. Oh, because yeah. that's the way that they work. And so I worked with this client of mine to help him craft a press release for his client. So that way he could then get the okay. And again, sure. the press release is just the container. Yeah. You know, it's the messaging, it's, it, it, you know, and it, but it's never the first thing. Like, you don't feel that you need that in order to go out there. It's a lot more important that you, you know, have a website of some sort. So it shows that you, you know, exist, or if you, you know, that you have photos either of who you are as a coach, a consultant, an entrepreneur, or if you have a product, you know, that it's like, I joke that um, if you if you don't have, you know, video or photos, and those are the type of opportunities that you are pursuing, like let's say broadcast, for example, it's yeah. like a realtor trying to sell a house without any photos of it, yes. right? Like who's gonna buy a house if you can't see it? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing for when you're pursuing, uh, you know, PR opportunities, especially if they are in a, uh, a dynamic, uh, you know, way, whether that's an on-air interview, podcast, broadcast appearance, etc. Yeah. And that's what I love about what you had said, how PR is about earning a relationship with your audience. Like, yes, it's so powerful. And that's, mm. It just makes me smile because that's what I'm all about. You know, you, you've probably seen online with Facebook lives and stuff that I've done and, and the show and everything. And it's like, it's one of those things that that's what I love about being on social media and more specifically doing Facebook lives because you build that no like trust factor so much quicker, um, even if you can't be there in person. And and it just opens the doors to so many opportunities and you don't have to spend money on doing it. Like it, it literally is just your time. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, and it, like, it lives, right? Like even yes. when you're not doing it, it's still on your Facebook page or Instagram or like your podcast here, you yeah. know, it, it's still there and you're, you know, earning those, you know, relationships. And I think that uh, for PR, that's a huge advantage that entrepreneurs have for doing their own PR outreach is that you are the one building those genuine long-term relationships with media outlets. You know, if you're outsourcing it to someone else, you know, when you stop paying them, then it goes away, right? It's like they're your broker, your dealer, and some sort. Yeah. Like, I need to get my fix. <laughs> and um, when, where, you know, for the most part, journalists appreciate hearing directly from the business owners, the creatives, consultants directly. Anyways, it's like less rigmarole for them to, you know, cut cut through. And sure. you know, in the age of social media, what's great is that everybody has a platform. And, you know, you, you no longer need that, oh, you know, this, my person's going to talk to your person, you know, et cetera. And I think that's part of the reason why, uh, you know, for the PR industry, the media landscape has changed so much, but the business model for PR hasn't changed. Oh, it's still, it's still, you know, I, I worked at, at, in, 
internally at agencies for a long time. And at one of my agencies, we didn't take on any clients that were less than $20,000 a month. And yeah, and that is usually a minimum three month commitment. And even if you were to hire a publicist, I would say like 5K a month is probably the minimum that you would be paying. And it is worth every penny. I'm not sure. at all, I'm not at all knocking on what, you know, we do as PR professionals. Right, right. But, you know, when you make your own money or it's your side hustle or whatever it is, I, I personally feel, I don't know if you feel this way, Ed, but yeah. it, it feels like it means so much more. Oh, like there's totally. more weight to it, right? Like a hundred dollars yes. that I could make from selling, you know, my uh, handmade goods versus $100 that I might get previously in house in my corporate job to go towards my phone bill. Right. <laughs> that first $100 feels like it's a lot, you know, it, it's a yeah. lot meatier to me. And so when you have someone where they are generating, you know, their, their own income for their own efforts, they're not just being given a paycheck for showing up every day. And you're asking them to invest money and something that they have no idea about right. they're going to be really hesitant and it also makes it that then they're questioning you along the way like well why are you doing that you know what are you doing this for yep. and you know and things like that and so i think that by leveling you know the plane you know and so it makes it that no one is really doing pr and so you know pr agencies are are, are getting clients that are a little bit undesirable because they have you know, they're not trying to be an expert. They just want to have a basic level of understanding. And then, uh, you know, the businesses that could could and do benefit most uh, from PR, because that's how you're able to, you know, get those customers and clients and partnerships, right? Like by having more people know about you. And PR puts you and your brand on a bigger loudspeaker. And you know, it's just crazy to me that, you know, it, it was this huge barrier to entry. And so I think that by leveling the playing field by saying, yes, PR is a skill, but it's something that you can learn, right? Oh, yeah. That then once you know how to do it, you're going to be more likely to either say, hey, I like this, I have the hang of it, or to be like, this is tough, but now I understand why pricing is the way that it is. And I want to go and I want to find someone who can, you know, help mentor me or that I can, you know, offshoot part of this too. And that's what I think too. I was just literally having this conversation with somebody earlier today about um, how funny it is to me that marketing, all, all things marketing is usually the first thing on a business list to go um, in terms of departments and that literally um, I just found this fact I have it over on my website um, and I forget where it came from but it it said something like one in ten small businesses don't spend any money on marketing and I just like it blows me away when I hear that because I'm like but why like how are you doing this because like you just built this business and and you're, you're spending all this time and energy and money, and yet you don't want to invest in marketing, even if it's just a one-time, like, I just need a tune-up, you know, like, mm-hmm. going to the gym and you get a personal trainer for, for January to set you up for the rest of the year. Like, it just blows me away when people don't want to invest in that or when they get rid of that. And it's like, so 
now what are you going to do? Because just posting, for example, because this obviously our life is social media, um, you know, just posting something and checking it off the list doesn't mean that it's effective and that it's working in your favor. It just means that you checked it off the list. <laughs> Oh, no, a hundred percent. And I, I think that no matter what level the business is at, they see marketing as something that, oh, that's not, you know, necessary, but then they get rid of it. And then they realize, I'm sure you have clients like this. I know I've had clients like this, but then a few months go by and they're like, Hey, I'm not getting as much traffic yeah. as I used to, or, uh, you know, my, my, my conversion rate has really dropped or I, you know, I'm, I'm not making what I used to, you know, and it's like, yeah, cause you stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head by saying, you know, checking something off a box because yeah. that is not the way that it, you know, works. I think that it's something where it, it constantly, you know, you need to tweak it. You need to see what's working and that you can try you know, different, different things. And it, that, that stat is astounding because why wouldn't you want more people to know about what it is that you do? Like, even if let's say you, I told you like, Ed, I have a wait list of five years of clients that want to work with me. Like I'm just at capacity, right? Yeah. I'm maxed out. Well, I would still want marketing and PR because I need to hire people. Yes. And that means that I need to have, you know, I want top candidates to apply to my company. Right. And that's where marketing and, you know, then it works in a different way, right? So maybe you're not trying to get customers, but you're trying to get candidates. And yeah, that- it, It's, it's <laughs> crazy. And, and I've, I've found a lot of these stats because uh, recently I just, you know, I've, I've been doing different things within my business for online marketing and helping people and I have now recently uh, created what's called business gone live and helping businesses actually leverage Facebook live to really increase their sales as well as like you know produce original content and what's crazy to me is going through these statistics that I find and it's like when you look at the numbers like that statistic and you look at other um, numbers around video and live video and, and our attention spans and everything and it's like unbelievable that so many businesses haven't even embraced video I'm not even talking about live video I mean that's the whole nother level right but but not even video and it's like when you look at the numbers though and you do the research you you kind of almost have that at least i do that moment where you're like wow i mean if i wasn't doing it of course because i'm all into the video stuff but if i was a business owner and i wasn't doing the video and i look at this and i'm like i would sit back in my chair and think wow we're really missing a huge opportunity here because there is a lot of not just money but opportunities on the table that we're not even scratching the surface for amen no i 100 feel the same way i feel like if you're not doing pr you're leaving money on the table especially since it doesn't cost you anything to do it same with you know facebook live it doesn't co i mean yes it costs you your time but not it's a great place to invest it the roi is huge and i think especially with video live is the best place to start because one people are a lot more forgiving because it's live and so it's okay if you you know they're not expecting you to go from a script and also well you know the stats on this i just know from you know working uh 
uh, with clients and for you know my own brands, uh, people like they don't like the highly produced videos anyway. Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying like feel confident. You know, like if 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 that means that you're wearing a certain shirt or you know they want to be able to hear you, you know, and sort of like see you. But for the most part. Um, yeah, and and that, and that can be leveraged in so many other places too. Like I'll take my lives and then I'll um, have them transcribed on like Temi, and which costs a dollar or something, you know, like for a ten-minute video. And then from there, I can have that in a blog post. And then like I did a live today, and then I emailed my list and said, "Hey, here's you know this." Yeah, and then. And you can take it from a Facebook Live, you can cut it and not even cut it. There's a, what I forget. There's a, a great app that will take a video and it will segment it so it can work for Instagram stories. You could, I mean, you're sorry, you're the expert on No, this, no, you're but... good. I love, I'm smiling because <laughs> I love when people get into the tech and when they know what to do and, and just explore. So like everything you're saying, I'm just like, yes, yes. Cause this is, you know, this is what I'm teaching people who aren't at that level. And so when I hear other people talk about it, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like it's all about empowering you to be able to get seen, right? And, and show up and share what you have to offer and you'll naturally attract the right people. It may take some time, but if you do it, consistency is key. Uh, you mm-hmm. will attract the right people and you will have loyal followers and loyal customers over time. Yes, yes. Even if there aren't, like there aren't a ton of people showing up to my lives at all. Oh yeah. But, but and, and I know people that have, you know, thousands of, uh, followers on Facebook or Instagram and stuff. And they're like, I'm lucky if I get 10, right? But it's for after that, you know? And I think the other thing is you said about showing up and being consistent, you know, and today, most of us don't have brick and mortar locations or stores. And so, and some people are a little bit skeptical about, Ooh, it's on the internet, right? right? Like, should I spend my money with this person, with this brand, et cetera? And so I think that by showing up consistently, like if you do a weekly show or, you know, whatever it may be saying, hey, you can count on me. I'm going to be here rain or shine this day, this time. It, it helps, you know, breed confidence yep. in, in your audience. And when you find someone you really like, you go back and you, you know, it's the same thing that we do with Netflix, right? You go and you binge and you look at all those videos. And you're, and you're also be able to see the breadth and depth of content that they have out there. And I mean, even from a PR standpoint, if you haven't, let's say you want to appear on your local broadcast news or something like that, a common question that's asked is just send us a link to when you've been live previously. Oh, I love that. And so you can use your own stuff. It doesn't, you know, and a lot of the time, actually, especially when it comes for those that are, you know, doing blogs or posts or whatever it may be, most editors, let's say you want to use an example. If you want to be a contributor to Entrepreneur or Inc. Yeah. They want to see your writing samples, not if you've also contributed to Forbes or Fast Company or somewhere else, because they know that there's been an editor 
that's helped make that copy perfect, right? They want to see if you have the raw talent. And so they ask most of the time, they'll say, oh, can you actually send me, you know, some blog posts that you've written? Because they want to know, like, is this person going to be a lot of work for them? Like, can they actually write? And so even if you don't have a blog post up yet, like, put if you're i'm guessing if you're asking to contribute you can write so put put something in a google doc and share it with them just so they can see that you you know that that you can do it and i think that it's the same thing when it comes to uh live video because if you can be great live then you know that's an asset for you um oh yeah and that's the crazy thing too like when you were saying that i was just thinking it's so true if we think about it if we shift the mindset and say okay it doesn't have to be perfect and that's good because like you were saying that that uh, the scouters can look at do we have at least the foundation laid because at the end of the day if we have the right skills we can be molded into whatever needs to happen for whatever it is i mean that's the thing you know like if you don't have you know street smarts it's it's really hard to like <laughs> move on to something else, you know, because you don't have those those skills that are, you know, like hey, that's probably not common sense, like you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that having those raw skills is what's you know really you know important. And as you're coming up with content, let's say like for your lives on a regular basis i think that that goes back to storytelling which is a huge you know thing in pr where i think that's a great skill for every business owner to really think about like how can i serve their readers or their listeners sort of Mm -hmm. like what you do on your lives like i I would imagine most people if you're just doing self-promotion that's an infomercial and you're not going to get that much engagement but when you think about how can i be relevant or you know what is it that is happening right now like with new year's people do a lot for dry january or new year new year fitness or things like that and so if you can whatever it is that you do if you can find some way to tie that into what you're doing you're, you're going to appeal you know, to people more and you're gonna bring in more people than you normally would. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to PR, where finding something timely that you can tie yourself to or like, why now? Or, you know, why should I care? And really developing that skill where you can, you know, leverage your experience and what yes. it is that you do in many different facets. And that can partially be because of timing and the time of year. And it also can be the audience that you're speaking with. Like we're all multifaceted people. Like if you're a parent, for example, and you're trying to speak to that audience, then you can really talk about, let's say, you know, being an entrepreneur while balancing fatherhood or motherhood or something like that. But if you're, you know, then trying to talk about your technical expertise, you would probably be, I would hope, leaning on a different, you know, area of that. But it is not this one size fits all, check the box. Okay, you know, I, I talked to them about, yeah. you know, what, what, what I did, I'm done here. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. I think uh, I see this all the time with business and it goes back to what we were talking about with marketing is that so many people just expect it to be a one and done and that hey i went live hey i posted <laughs> hey I, I used instagram stories for the first time I, I i did my job there's no sale 
like <laughs> there's something wrong i hate social there i'm wasting my time and it's like it's not that easy sometimes there may be that one in a million where you do get an instant sale and it feels so good because you're like wow that works but it's not an everyday thing and and i think that's what people forget especially now with us being in such an instant gratification uh world it's like you have to put in the work and and it returns over time and yes. it's so hard for people to to see the bigger picture i think when it comes to that i love that you said that ed because <laughs> i think that one the instant gratification is something that we is whatever it is that you're doing it's a marathon not a sprint right yes. if you want your business to be around in the long run it's going to take some time you know to build that up and that means that the you know your tribe it, it, they're going to be the right people. I mean, I say, I joke that follow up is my favorite F word when it comes <laughs> to PR because honestly, the magic is, that. it's true. The magic is in the follow up. I would say eight, at least 80% of PR wins that, you know, I've gotten, my clients have, you know, gotten, it's, it's all from following up. Yeah. Um, I, sometimes I'll even send a pitch the first time with re in the subject line because they already think that we're in conversation with each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, you know, we're so busy that a lot of the time, uh, this happens to me, I'll, I'll think that I responded to an email and it didn't send or I saw oh, yeah. it and then I forgot about it. And so, it's, you know, it's not intentional. So when someone follows up with me, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I thought I got back to that. Part. That happens to me all the time. I think that I responded to someone and I'm wondering, hey, why haven't I heard back? And I'm like, well, Courtney, you didn't send, yeah. <laughs> you didn't respond to them. Um, but I think it also shows that that person is really interested and that they're pursuing it. And I think especially from like a PR you know, perspective, they're thinking, okay, this person is serious. Like they really do want to come on my podcast or speak yes. at my event because you know, they're, they're pursuing me. And they're not just saying, you know, please see below or copy pasting, you know, or using some techie machine, you know, form, uh, you know, follow up, you know, to do that. It's not just, you know, checking the box. It, it does, you know, take time to, uh, to build that. But in the long run, you, you know, you need to give them value. And I think that yes. when you're just starting off with PR, that's, you know, the, the first way I usually say to do that is that before you're approaching someone and asking for something, give them something ahead of time and not just give them your bio. Like give them, you know, let them know that you are reading or listening to them beforehand, 100%. right? Like comment on their blog or their article, or, you know, just do a quick screenshot that you're listening or that you read it on your, in one of your stories or retweet, you know, yeah. something like that so that they're familiar with who you are and then it's showing versus telling. But then when you approach them and say, hey, I, I enjoyed this story on that, you know, they know that you're not just blowing smoke, that you, exactly. you know, actually are engaged, you know, with them. Or it could be so simple as just replying to their email newsletter. Most of the time there's a exactly. call to action in there. Yeah, yeah, and nobody responds. So when you get the response, you're like, oh. I'm going to dedicate all my time right now to yeah. this person. <laughs> uh, you know, and I've even done that. Like I did that with Laura Belgray a couple months ago. Who's a, she does the copy cure with a uh, Marie Forleo and mm -hmm. an awesome copywriter and hilarious. 
um, I, I highly recommend her. And I, I replied to one of hers, right? And she has a huge email list. Like oh, all, sure. all of her articles are about, you know, email is her business engine. And she gave up client work because her email list, you know, allows her to have a very, very profitable business. And she responded to me on a weekend. She got back to me in less than 24 hours. And she had gone on my website. She loves Real Housewives and was talking about, you know, who's that housewife and stuff. And so it, it was crazy to me that I'm like, she's like the email goddess. Right. <laughs> and she, but she replied. And, you that, know? and that's what stands out, you know, and that's the beauty of it is that it, it, when you meet people, you have to meet them on different platforms. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, go ahead and comment on their Facebook post. But chances are, if you're on Facebook, so is a billion other people. So go see if they're on Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter and see where you can engage with them in multiple touch points, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Multiple locations so that they start seeing you pop up in different spots because there's always going to be that one platform that we tend to give more attention to as the receiver right and so like in this case um she gives her email list the most attention so that's why she responded to you but if you would have posted a comment on facebook maybe you would have got a comment but probably not you know so it's one of those things that it, you got to find out where you can um make the most use of your time and, and be able to reach those people yeah and it really doesn't take i mean i mean even from an seo perspective like you writing a comment on a popular blog that's going to help you yes. right like that's going to help you in the long run and just make sure that what you're saying isn't i love you you're my favorite <laughs> right because they see that and if you're saying that everywhere it's not going to mean anything yeah. But I mean, for Little the most fire part, emojis or hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not or what... help you with SEO. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I mean, it's a different way for you to show up. So even if that person doesn't respond to you, yeah. you know, someone in their audience could see a comment that you wrote and think, yes. oh, that, let me click on this person. I think that they're interesting. And that's what I loved about you saying the magic is in the follow-up because I always say the magic happens in the comments because I'm always on Facebook. Yeah. So I love that you were like, oh, the magic happens in the follow-up. That's like, yes. Yes. So awesome. No, it's, no, it's so, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I am honestly like su pleasantly surprised a lot of the time if, uh, you know, I'm working on a PR campaign and I hear back from people on my first outreach because that isn't necessarily what I expect because it, it, it just takes, you know, a little bit more massaging and finesse sometimes. And so I think that just like you don't just do an Instagram post and that's it, you know, it's the same thing with PR. You don't just, you know, submit a form at a conference that you want to speak at and say, okay, I'm done or PR doesn't work. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't work for me, you know, it, you have to be thoughtful, you know, about it. And yeah, and I also think that, you know, making sure that you're showing up in the right places, like I, I, I always joke it's the difference between throwing darts or throwing spaghetti up against a wall and seeing what sticks, like, right? It's the same thing with your audience and, you know, wh where it is that you're going and same thing with PR to be like, will this person be interested in what I, you know, have to say, or how right. can I, you know, make this relate, you know, to that person? And it just goes back to, I think, paying attention. 
Yes, 100%. It always comes back to asking and listening, and the listening part is the key. Um, and, and I want to ask you uh, about going back to your uh, the game because I'm yeah. curious, how did you come about that? And also, what did you do to like actually market it? Like, did it? Did you just build it and then they all came? No. Or? <laughs> yes, I'm one of those one percent stories. Yes, right. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm the unicorn at that. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, I came about it as most people do when it comes to entrepreneurship. I was looking for something in the marketplace and it did not exist, so I made it. And awesome. uh, at that point, yes, I was looking for a birthday gift for a girlfriend of 20 plus years and I couldn't find anything. And I wanted something that, you know, I already got her the, the wine glasses. I already got her, you know, the t-shirt, the onesie for her daughter with like a funny thing uh, from the show. And uh, I, I couldn't find anything that really like encapsulated, like would allow us to celebrate this shared, you know, pastime. I joke that like we might not be in the same place in our lives physically yeah. or in our careers, but we're all in the same place when we're watching instead of the big game for this, it's Real Housewives. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, and so I, I made her a, like a guess who type game that I did by hand and taught myself Photoshop and all these things. And nice. um, I wanted a side hustle because I was feeling a little bit unfulfilled uh -huh. in my corporate job and I wanted to create an outlet. And one of my friends said, well, like, what about your game? Because I had had a, uh, other friends ask me about that and stuff. And I was, oh, okay. you know, at that point I was working probably 80 hour weeks and I thought I'm not going to be home hot gluing stuff, right? <laughs> like that's, that's not going to work. And uh, they said, no, no, like you can actually, you know, do it at scale and you know, find things and uh, yeah. And so that was a, a year long process yeah. of figuring that out. And then I realized in the, you know, testing phase and instead of doing guess who in a one-to-one -one game, I made a game that is more like heads up but the analog version or like the old game of celebrity. And so you can have um, as it, it's a group thing, right? Yeah. And, and easily pick up and play and then, you know, put it down, but more for, you know, bringing people together. And so I had everything together. I made my, uh, that website is on Shopify, you know, made that, got everything, you know, ready. And then um, I, I, I'm like, okay, well, it exists on planet internet. What, yeah. what am I, what am I going to do? And ads, I didn't have an email list. Like I had a Facebook an Instagram profile for the brand, but I didn't have any followers other than like 10 people in my family sure, sure. who didn't watch Real Housewives. And so <laughs> I, 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 you know, I started to, and I had done this before where I just started saving the names of journalists that either were tweeting about Real Housewives or would write about them. And I, I just had it in this Raggedy Ann um, Google sheet. Yeah. And then and and influencers too that you know bravo historian or other people like that and i i didn't have you know my tools to do this this is something that anyone can do and so then i thought okay well i'm gonna I'm, i waited until i had the web uh, the website with the product photography because okay. i thought okay that way if they click on it i want to be able to show them that like it exists and i needed to have the game you know ready to send them if they wanted it and sure. so I wrote, you know, personalized pitches to every single one. 
Um, and I was cheeky because for this brand, it's housewives. So sure. I use like, are you ready for turtle time as the <laughs> subject line, which if you watch Real Housewives, then they'll, you know, they, I'm speaking into their language is and what I'm doing. that's key. Right? That's key. Super, super key. And even when it comes to uh, pitches, which is why I don't, um, a, a lot of so-called PR experts, you know, do this, uh, where they uh, give people template pitches okay. or they say, here, buy my templates. And I'm someone where it is all about speaking into their language and it is about communicating with another person. And so the way that I write, like speaking to your voice and also it, it needs to be tailored. It's going to feel artificial if you're just using some template, you know, form. So you can be really creative, you know, with it. Um, and so I did that and I had awesome responses. And, and the first article that actually went up was one uh, on AOL. Oh, and it was, it was one of those like dream articles that I always tell, most of the time, it is very rarely that you are going to get an article that is 100% dedicated to you and your brand. Sure. And that has exactly what you want in the headline. And I, yeah. I, I had that where he, he didn't even tell me the article was running. You know, he said, yeah, I'm interested, send me a game and I'll check it out. So I did. And then that weekend, you know, this article came up that is like, you know, the the Real Housewives game that Bravo fans have been dreaming of. And it, wow, and yeah. that's a that's a that's a power. I don't need. I don't even. I don't watch the show or anything. But that a powerful. That is a powerful headline right there by itself. Yes, it is. And you know, AOL uh, people might say it's you know tied to Bing, and uh, it, you know it has it, 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 it has a lot of. Uh, its content there is also published in other places. If something yeah, in the wrong. SEO, in the SEO, it's like crazy. I'm sure. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is, and so uh, you know that happened, and then it was just all you know, a lot of sales. You know, came came through, and so same thing on the influencer side. I approached influencers like I would an editor or producer, where I said, hey. I have the, I mean, I've obviously changed the language and messaging and every pitch was done one-to-one -one and said, you know, would you be willing to give it a whirl? Like, do you want to check this out? Because ultimately, I mean, I didn't have money to pay them. Right. And, and I, you can't guarantee, if they don't like it, it doesn't matter what they tell you they're going to do, you know, if they write it in blood. If, if, you, if they send you something and they don't feel it's a fit for their audience, you're, you know, you're sort of SOL. So I, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I did that and it had, you know, every single influencer that I sent it to posted about it. And if they didn't post about it right away, because I was very patient, because I know that they have pain. Oh, pain I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, there was one that, you know, I sort of asked them like, hey, you know, it's been a bit, um, you know, I really value your opinion and I noticed they haven't posted. Like, is it because you don't, you, you don't like the game? And if it if that is the case, please tell me how I can improve in it. Right? Yeah, which feedback then, is key. Yes, feedback is so key. I think that's what's great is that even if you don't necessarily get the outcome that you're looking for, if they can tell you why you did it and what you can improve for next time, that's amazing. That is priceless right there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I had um, yeah. So you know, our article I had articles continue to come out in high profile uh, publications and influencers post in their stories and then uh, yeah and then it got and then I uh, because of that 
I had uh, media outlets actually reach out to me and say, hey, we want to, you know, feature this or, you know, E! News say, we're obsessed with your game. Will you please send us, you know, one and influencers and things so like cool. that. Yeah. So that is how I, I built, uh, you know, Who's That Housewife? And it was, again, through something that anyone can do. Like, yeah. we all, we can all read. Right. We can all find, you know, and most of the time someone's email address isn't that difficult to find. Or like you said, there's different touch points. And so there was someone that she was a freelancer and I couldn't find her, you know, anywhere. But she was on Twitter. So I and I couldn't even DM her. So right. I just tagged her in a tweet. Part. Yeah. But it worked out. And then we, yeah. you know, private messaged and yeah. And I, and I love how you broke that all down basically from what I hear the journey there is that you had to put in the legwork up front but mm -hmm. then it got picked up and then it started coming back to you like people were coming to you versus you having to go to them which is what it's all about like we have to start somewhere because we have to be able to show up present what we have and get people to at least hear us out and then once one or two starts to pick it up, then it's like game over. Now we got everyone else coming and we just got to keep, keep things moving. Yes, Ed, I always joke that nobody wants to be the first one to get in the pool, right? <laughs> so right? true. And it's like once you have those first few people, it's like get in, water's warm. Yeah. Um, and so I think that especially, you know, when it comes to PR, that's why start with local. Like it's, it's so there, there's no, there, like in the SEO alone, like there's no bad, you know, media, like, you know, opportunities to like point themselves to. And if you're not getting that from earned media, do it on your own. You know, like the lives, the, the po you know, posting, etc. I mean, that is what, I remember I was at my first retreat in May of, you know, 2019. And I had these speakers that were coming up to me that had, multi-million dollar brands and they were asking me who had just launched in march like two months before they were like how are you a people editor's gift pick and like you know what but they had they're so much bigger like yeah. so it's one of those things where like you don't it's like that imposter syndrome i think where like you don't need to wait until you hit a certain number of sales or that you have a certain number of customers or you've been around you know for x amount of time like if, if you have something valuable to share with the world or something different like get it out there because if you don't no one's going to know about it and most of the time the people that you are reading and hearing about it's not because they have the best product or that they're the biggest business or the smartest person it's just that they're doing it they're putting themselves out there I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. Be sure to head over to yestoentrepreneurship.com for more episodes as well as information on how you can join the Yes to Entrepreneurship network. The network brings together ambitious entrepreneurs, you, the why notters, who want to grow their business online and master the basic principles of organic marketing so they can connect with their ideal audience collaborate with fellow business owners, and create engaging content that actually converts into sales so that they can build a sustainable business over time. Join the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network today at yestoentrepreneurship.com.